Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. Welcome to our very last From the Archives episode. And next week is going to be the first episode of season seven, which is absolute insanity. Um, I'm really excited to start recording with Esther for season seven. And we have some great guests that scheduled and so many really fun episode ideas. Um, I seriously can't wait. So be on the lookout for that next week. But this episode with Melinda was incredible. Um, Melinda is a brand designer turned brand strategist, and she coaches other brand designers on how to add strategy into your service arsenal and how to sell and talk about brand strategy with your clients, how to elevate your client process through brand strategy. I just really, really enjoyed talking with her. And you can tell, I'm, I was, when I was looking back, you can tell that she is just a really seasoned coach and she's very eloquent and is able to express her ideas in very specific and easy to understand ways, which I feel like is a really unique thing about her. Um, recently on her social media, she's been doing these little personal stories, um, kind of like blog or essay style, which is so refreshing. So you guys can go follow her at Melinda Livesey on Instagram. But some of my favorite parts of this episode, um, we talk about a lot of really great resources and great designers. Um, Melinda uh, kind of started out her journey in brand strategy through getting coached for free by the future um, on his YouTube channel. So definitely go back and give that a watch. She talks about Jonathan Stark and value-based pricing. Um, She mentions his why video, which is a really great video to start with if you are curious about value-based pricing, but not sure exactly kind of how to get into it. It's one of my favorites. And then Marty Neumeyer, he wrote one of my favorite brand books called The Brand Gap. Um, And so we talk about like his definition for branding and some other things in, in this episode. And then I love the questions that Melinda kind of poses at the very end of the episode about how to ask, how to talk about strategy, but also how to ask about the value, um, which is something that we've been talking about a lot on the podcast near towards the end of season six, um, shifting away from talking about deliverables and services to talking about the vision. And so I loved her three-year question. So, you know, in three years, how is your business going to be different? Um, I think she phrases it in a slightly different way. And then another one that I had forgotten about, but I'm absolutely going to start using again is how will you make your decision? So if someone is shopping around or looking at other designers or, you know, trying to decide whether or not they want to move forward, even if they're only talking to you. I love her question. Like, how will you make your decision? It's a little bit of an easier one than, are you talking to other people? And then that's kind of awkward. And that's like, oh, well, yeah, you know? (laughs) So definitely going to be kind of unearthing that one, using that a little bit in my sales calls. If I feel like the client is kind of like on a ledge or kind of like deciding between two um, options. So I hope you guys have had an amazing Christmas. And I guess it's the new year when you guys are listening to this. So happy new year. We'll be back next week with the first episode of season seven. Enjoy this episode from Melinda Lizzie. 
Hey guys, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. Super excited to be hanging out with you today. Um, and I'm also really excited to introduce you guys to our guest today, Melinda Livesey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so we always like to start with our intro question, just to kind of get the ball rolling. So my question for you, Melinda, is what is a brand that you connect with and purchase from because of their story or values? One that comes to mind is ConvertKit. And that and the reason why I connect so well with ConvertKit is because they value what I do and they're able to articulate my problem. And my problem, I'm sorry to call out um, another email provider <laughs> that um, I actually won't name, but I had a lot of problems with it. And ConvertKit knew that and had content about switching from that platform over to theirs and they had exactly what I wanted and they valued simplicity and the ease of use. And they talked about it in their brand. They talked about it in their content and it was as if they knew me. And I think that's where I connected with them. And I'm like, you know my problem and you value the same thing I do. Of course, I'm going to purchase from you. So that's definitely one brand that um, immediately comes to mind. I love that. And I think I know what, what email service provider you're talking about for sure. It's always nice when a new software comes about where you're like, wow, they've like uncovered pain points that like I didn't even know I had and solved them. And I'm still looking for that solve with Dubsado and like a CMS. Oh, I have a love-hate relationship with Dubsado. That's a whole other podcast episode, but I'll go ahead and share my brand. Um, so I love Athleta. And I am probably pronouncing that wrong. Athleta, Athleta. I've heard it both ways. But they are a women's clothing brand um, that really cares about quality. They care about sustainability. They're a certified B Corp. But their clothes are just so, so high quality. The price point is a little higher, which like not only does that like allow for them to use really great materials and like really soft fabrics and just great dyes, but like it also makes me feel like when I'm wearing one of their sweatshirts that I'm wearing something that's like really nice and like luxurious and quality. So there's a little bit of pricing psychology in there, but I love that also that their tagline is the power of she. And I don't know, it just makes me feel like really pulled together and powerful as a woman when I wear their stuff. So there's just like a little bit of, you know, kind of sprinkling of that brand storytelling power, um, even in the brands that we like. So I definitely encourage you guys to think about like, what's a brand that you just, you'll pay a little more for that might be similar to another brand, but it's just because you resonate with their values. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So let me like really formally introduce, um, Melinda. She is a brand strategist and online educator from Southern California. She currently helps graphic designers become brand strategists so they can develop entire directions and personalities of brands. Her courses, Brand Strategy Bootcamp and How to Sell Brand Strategy can be found at marksandmaker.com. So there we go. Let's talk about brand strategy. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. What would you like to uh, know about brand strategy? Yeah. So I think one of the first things that I wanted to chat about and that I think people might find interesting um, is, you know, kind of before we dive into learning more about you and your background, if you could just define, like, what does brand strategy mean to you? Cause it can kind of be a buzzword, especially to clients. Like how do you articulate what that is internally and then also externally too? 
Yeah, um, I try out different ways of describing it to see what lands with people, with with clients, with people I'm just talking to, with family members. Um, because like you said, it depends on who you ask. You'll get a different answer depending on who you ask, especially if they're coming from the marketing world. They might have one answer. You ask a designer, it's another. You ask a client, you'll get a different um, definition. So how I like to describe it is it, it simply put, it's a plan. A strategy is a plan. And it's a way or a plan to, to emotionally connect a business with their ideal customer. So if we break it down just to the, to the core of what I believe it is, it's like us being the matchmaker and creating this emotional bond between the two, the business and the customer. And, um, and then if we look at the broader scale of branding in general, that I like using Marty Neumeier's definition that branding, um, the ROI of branding is getting more customers over a longer period of time at a premium price. And how do you do that? You do that through an emotional connection, which is done through brand strategy. I love that. And I love Marty's book. I think I sat down and read it in an afternoon. Um, highly recommend that. We'll put that in the show notes for you guys. If, if you're having trouble defining what is branding versus brand identity versus brand strategy. There's a great little... Um, I think it's a glossary in the back of that book. But yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. I mean, do you want to go ahead and just tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got started, where you're at and where you're going? Yeah. Uh, uh, overview of how I got here is that I started out as a graphic designer, just a generalist graphic designer. I got a corporate job at Oakley. And so I was working in a big business, over a billion dollar company. And I was able... The fun part of that is that you're able to see what's possible. Because as a designer, if you're just working with your own studio and you're working with smaller clients, you can't necessarily see the like what's actually possible when the budgets are massive. And it was really fun to see all the different things that we're able to do as designers um, in that job. And so I started off doing just a, just generalist graph designer, just anything and everything as far as um, catalogs are concerned. I helped out with um, directing photo shoots or being the assistant at least with that, um, with the marketing, with retail displays. So anything that graphics were needed, we did that. And then I moved into more of a a focused role of being the um, one of the brand designers. So I moved from more of like just anything and everything to one of the brand designers. And we worked on a lot of product graphics. We worked on packaging. Um, a lot of the brand had different sub brands within it. So we had to work on the branding for the sub brands, branding for the particular products. Um, so I got then hands-on experience with the actual brand and the identity. And I'm like, ooh, this is this is my jam. I really like this. And so they actually ended up dissolving our um, creative department years later. So I was there for about seven years and on and off for seven years, I'd, I'd flip around in departments and whatnot. And then I started my own thing. So I had always freelanced on the side ever since I graduated college. And I always wanted to start my own thing, but I was too chicken to quit and go on my own. <laughs> so I figured, okay, this is the time to do it. I got laid off in 2015. And I thought that if I'm going to do it, I got to just decide, like do it now or go find a job. And I figured, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And I was already focused in on brand identity. So I thought those are the types of clients that I, I want to go for. And then I want to get. And so I positioned myself as a brand identity designer during that time. And then um, about two years later, I discovered what brand strategy was. I learned brand strategy and thought, oh, this is the answer to why, to, 
to what's going on with my current clients as far as like, why is communication so bad? Why am I having multiple revisions and we're not on the same page and they're not liking the things that I like and they're trying to Frankenstein the design together and mash up all three options that I showed them. Like what is, there has to be a better way. And, um, and so through my coach, I learned um, brand strategy and it has completely shifted how I see branding, how I go about branding. And so at that time I did both brand strategy and brand identity. And then over the years I have just took to just brand strategy. And, uh, and so that's where my focus is today. And I not only do it for clients, but I also teach other designers who want to make that switch or creatives. They don't have to be just designers, but um, creatives that are frustrated with where they're at and they want to grow beyond that. And they want to work on the bigger brand problems. I teach them how to make that similar shift. One question about that that just kind of came up is, you know, when they dissolve the 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 um, internal brand focus within within it was Oakley you said right yeah like you you have agencies right that like they do branding for a lot of different companies and you have in house as well like have you seen this is so besides the point but have you seen like kind of a shift in like those larger you know, companies either turning towards agencies or do the big, big company, the multi-million dollar, you know, Amazon and stuff, did they all have their own like individual internal agencies? I don't know. It's it's interesting to, to talk about. Yeah. I actually don't know, especially now, because now it's, that was back in 2015. And I know when I was there, um, we used a mix of in-house and agencies. And so okay. it was, the center of gravity was it sometimes it was in-house did everything. And then at times agencies did everything. And when they dissolved our department, they they had redundancies because they were bought by a bigger company. And that company had all these other companies. And they're like, well, we have a marketing department over here. Why do we have another marketing department here? Why do we have another graph- graphics department here? Why don't we just shut one down and use one for everything. So I think um, it really depends on the company and how they go about things. But we definitely always used, from my knowledge, we've always used an external agency for campaigns. Sometimes we'd bring them in for rebrand, um, sometimes for different, um, for the sub sub brands. So I think it depends on the company. But I actually, because I haven't been working in in-house or been in that world for a while, I'm not sure. But I think but from what I've seen, you know, larger companies are still looking for agencies, especially if they're wanting like a fresh eye on something. They don't right. tend to want to use their in-house designers if they want to do something crazy or new. They want to get the smaller studio. Not always. I could totally be talking wrong about this, but no. from some of the meetings I've been in and the experiences I've had, they've even said like a couple of very large companies that I've been in meetings with, we're like, why are you even talking to us? And they're like, because we want fresh eyes, because we we want to see your take on it. We've worked with the other agencies. We've had our in-house work on it, but we want to see what's new and fresh. So I think it just depends. That's really cool. I mean, and that that is also encouraging to hear as a small studio owner myself. And I know a lot of small studios are in our audience listening to this. So, I mean, I it comes to mind, I think of another designer who had a celebrity reach out to design their, you know, their new lifestyle site. And it's like, oh my goodness, like, like we can play in that space, you know, and, you know, mindset will do back imposter syndrome, that type of thing. But like, especially when you have the tools and the services in your arsenal to be able to provide the services that those larger businesses really care about, 
like brand strategy, um, then, you know, we can compete with some of those really, really large agencies, which is a really cool thing to think about. I mean, that might not be everyone's goal, but like, you know, that is a possibility. I mean, you're, you're evidence of that. So. Yeah. And something to add to that, cause I never thought I'd be in the position to even work with these larger companies or even have a chance, even have a chance at the table. And recently a friend called me up and had me, um, pitch. Well, we, we put in a proposal to a large company, uh, for strategy and identity and a bunch of design. And so they didn't originally, um, ask for a brand strategy, but he's like judging off of what I've talked with him about. It might be a good idea to include that. And the proposal was over a million dollars and I've never been involved in anything that large in my life. Wow. A million, but the, the whole thing was, and part of it, what I thought like, you know what, what I think would help them. I'm going to put in there, even though I haven't done it yet, because I know that that service is really going to help them. And it was, it was uh, just a more involved like brand audit, brand research and whatnot. But I thought, you know, if I don't ever stretch beyond myself and then figure it out and charge enough to where I can learn or I can hire in someone to help me, then how am I ever going to really grow? And so when those opportunities come, they don't always come every day. <laughs> like It's not like a common <laughs> occurrence for me. But when those opportunities come, it's like, charge like you're the best. This is what Joel Pilger said. Charge like you're the best so that you have to become the best. So you charge high, you aim high, and then you get the job, you figure it out, or you hire someone to help you. You grow. You put your, your yourself in a position that you have to grow. I love that so much. And that that I feel like is how I have built my business up until this point. Like, oh, I want to learn a new platform somehow the universe knows and sends me a client that wants that specific platform. And then I get paid to learn, you know, like, and it's really scary, but you just got to jump in. And um, I'm reading a book right now called You Are a Badass. I'm Making Money by Jen Sincero. Loving that so much. And she is a huge proponent of like, hey, you got to take big, scary action towards your goals. And that way you will change yourself and you will reach a goal that you already know is, is going to happen. And there's a lot of mindset stuff there, but that's just what that reminds me of. So that's super encouraging to hear. And also congratulations on that proposal, man. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> they they ended up canceling the whole project, but I was still, I just felt so accomplished to even put my hat in the ring. I like to, to yeah. even be a part of that, to be asked for it, like, the whole thing. That like people want that from you and are willing to consider paying you that amount of money. I mean, like there's always like a ceiling. I feel like I, I hit in terms of pricing. It's like, oh, well, I can never sell something for that much. It's like, okay. And then I either send a proposal for that much that doesn't get accepted or which is still helpful in mindset or someone does agree. Yeah, I'll pay you 20K or whatever it is. You know, it's like, oh crap. Okay. Like this is what I can charge. And then you don't go back. You know, <laughs> no, you can't. After that, you you're like, oh, I can't do it for less than this. No, yeah, yeah, totally. That is so so cool. So yeah, let's let's dive into let's dive into adding brand strategy into your service arsenal is the word I like to yeah. use. So if you're a brand designer, like say there's a brand designer out there, they've been doing design, they've been doing light strategy to inform, you know, to make sure that everything is aligned with the audience and the values and everything, but how would you go about advising someone who's interested in brand strategy, how that fit 
would fit into what they're already offering. And we can also talk about selling and clients' value and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I find... uh, And I'm going to make an assumption that most brand designers, brand identity designers, are using some type of questionnaire to gain alignment or a conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be one or the other, maybe a combo of both. Um, and I say that because that was my, <laughs> that's my journey where I had a very lengthy, beautiful, uh, questionnaire that I would give my clients as homework to fill out. And then I would use that to inform the brand identity. And sometimes I'd check in with them and ask them questions and clear, get clarity on certain things. Um, so whatever the process is that a brand identity designer is going through, they're, they're typically gathering information from the client somehow. So I would say if, if they want to move more towards brand strategy, I would say first watch some videos, read some books about it, see if you're even interested in, in expanding that and if it would be helpful for you or answer some of the problems. Like, are you having problems with too many revisions from the client or some kind of misalignment? Are you having, um, are you finding that you're designing just superficial design? Like, you want your work to be better? I think that was a really big thing for me. Um, I'm like, I want to do better work. How can I do better work? Well, getting better information is a start. Um, so I would take whatever, whatever questionnaire you have. And if you have not yet taken the step to actually have a face-to-face conversation with the client, instead of giving them homework, I would say, try that because it will build your facilitation muscles. And I think for me, that's been a big thing in brand strategy because I run one to two day workshops with my clients. So do you get you, you have to get good at talking with your clients and asking questions and pulling information out of them and pulling the story out of them and why they are doing it and, and like really find the passion behind it that you don't always get in the words that they write because they're trying to be more calculated or they're just trying to get it done. Um, but if you're having conversations with them, you just use your questionnaire as a conversation piece and just keep digging and asking why and, and get below the surface where they might've said just some quick little, Oh, this is why I started my business. But if you were to ask them like, Oh, tell me more about that. When did that start? When did that first spark? And you'll go way back or way deeper than you would have if you just sent a questionnaire. So I would say that would be the very first baby step is like, go maybe read some books about it, watch some videos, but then also turn your questionnaire into a conversation piece and actually have a meeting with your client and ask them those questions and dig deeper when you're talking with them. I love that stuff because I mean, like transparently my process right now, it is very questionnaire based. I do have a very lengthy questionnaire and I've noticed that my clients struggle with that a little bit, especially if these are questions that they've never really thought about before. Like, I mean, they can be challenging. Like why do people choose you over their competitors? It's like sometimes people haven't even thought about that, you know, and that can be kind of uncomfortable. And so I'm, definitely in search of ways that I can make the process just a little bit more digestible for my clients and not like, you know, I, I notice that they submit drafts. I can, my Dubsado sends me an email every time they submit a draft and they'll sit like, they'll submit a draft and make changes like a hundred times or something. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this should be, this work should be coming from my end, you know? And so like, I love the idea of you know, I, I do a call where we chat right. about things and we we talk we talk through the questionnaire and sometimes I'll push a little bit on certain places where I feel like I didn't get enough information, but I feel like it just takes the pressure off of the client when you do things just a call where they can talk with you as a human being rather than feeling like, 
oh, well, I hired this designer to do my brand, but now I feel like I'm doing the strategy myself, you know? Yeah. And, and that's been, um, Jimmy, yeah, you bring up so many good points. I think one, what my coach taught me, don't ever give your clients homework. And he like drilled it into my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been giving my clients homework for years. Yeah, Because one of the things that we can help our clients with, and this is if you're comfortable with it. Like if you're, if your process is working for you as a designer, whoever's listening, keep doing what you're doing. If, but if you find that you want to grow or that there is a problem um, in, in growing, then you might want to try something like this is that you can help your client think and make decisions. And that is one of the things that, that switching to a conversation, switching to a workshop, all those things that you just brought up, like, oh, I've never thought about these things before as a client. You as the facilitator can now help them through that thought process and get to a place that they couldn't have alone. And I know from my experience, like I've had, I've hired people to help me with my business and all my brand, with my marketing, with my branding, even though I do it. But it's because we're inside the la- we're inside the water bottle, we're inside the jar. We can't read the label from inside. We need the, that extra pair of eyes. We need people asking us questions that we have never considered before and reflecting back what they heard and asking deeper questions. And when we're just left to our own devices to to give information, like we only can get so far, we end up with a hundred drafts later because we're trying to perfect it. We're just not getting it right. But if we had someone to bounce those things off of, which I'm also hearing a lot of designers are that person for their client already. Like they're already the person they brainstorm with, right? With the client. Mm -hmm. So now you can just formalize that process and get paid for it. And so that's the beauty too. I think that's what attracts a lot of client or sorry, designers to brand strategy is that they see like, I've already been doing this with my clients. I've already been helping them think and make decisions and brainstorm with them and figure out what does make them unique and how they fit into the marketplace and into um, what's the position that they hold in their customer's mind. You're like, I've already done that stuff. But a lot of times designers are not getting paid for that thinking. They're not getting paid for that time or that brainstorming time that they're spending with their client. But um, formalizing that into some kind of offering like a brand strategy, like discovery. Some people call it discovery, brand strategy, um, and some kind of workshop with your client really does help solidify that. And you can put a price tag on it. I love that so much. And I do think that that... I mean, there's so much value that comes from that. I think a lot of the times clients come to us and they they see the logo and they see the color palette and they see all of those like deliverables that are like front-facing, like to their own audience. Like you're not going to be really showing your brand strategy document to a client, but arguably it could be more valuable sometimes than even the brand elements. And so I I think that kind of leads us into a conversation around like, how do you even go about like telling a client, Hey, here's this service that I offer. I think this could be right for you and explaining the value to them. Because I know that that is something that you coach on. Yeah. And that is one of the top questions besides how do I get clients is, yeah. How do I explain the value of brand strategy? And, and this is a question I think I've, um, I'm like finding different ways to answer it too. But the, the one thing that I go into a client relationship with is the deliverable or our service. So I'm, I'm calling that all one thing. Whatever we offer is a vehicle to help our client get somewhere to a goal, to where they want to go. The thing that is valuable here is their goal. And what we as designers, and, and I say, and I 
was there. So whenever I talk about like designers, it's like, <laughs> hey guys, I, I was a designer. So I totally get yeah. it. Is that my focus was look at this wonderful design I've done. Look at this deliverable I do. Look at this service that can be so helpful for you. And we focus so much on the service, the service, the service, or the deliverable that we take our eyes off and even we help the client take their eyes off of their goal. So if we can help all of us go, hey client, where are you trying to get to? What are you trying to do? What what are you trying to do in your business? What do you hope your business is going to be like? What do you hope that... What type of clients or customers do you want walking through that door that you would be so happy if every single customer was like this type of person? Like, Tell me about that. And, and then they get sold on their vision. They get sold on their goal and where they're going. And be like, okay, so I believe that the services that I have could actually help get you there. Here's a little bit of how... But really, the focus is not there. The focus is on where the client's going, why they want to go there, why they're picking you for to help them go there in the first place. And it's switching that lens. And I think that was the biggest mindset shift that has helped me is that I used to think of a lot of myself as a designer. Look at what I can do. Look at the services I have. Look at how valuable it is. And the client's like, dude, I don't... What? I don't know. I care about where I'm going. Can you help me with that? And the more that we can shift our lens off of our deliverable onto the client, onto the client's goal and the obstacle they're dealing with that is preventing them from getting to that goal. And our our product, our service, our deliverable is the thing that can be the vehicle to get them there. That's the game changer. And I think if, if designers can get their mindset to switch there, that then they'll see the value of it because they're like, oh, this is the vehicle that's going to get my client to where they're trying to go, which is what Marty Neumeyer said, more customers over a longer period of time at a premium price. So that's so value. well said. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I think I just, I'm thinking if Giselle was here, she would pop in and say like, oh yeah, like I love painting a picture for my clients. That's one thing that she taught me is that when she started offering like design days or something, she wouldn't just say, oh, you get 40 hours or whatever, and it's going to be X dollars an hour, she would say like, imagine what it would feel like to not have to do your social media graphics. Like, How much would that take off your plate? And then what would you use that time for? Your kids, your family? Like, And so, you know, obviously there's financial goals for clients. Like, hey, we want to, you know, 10X our revenue over the next like five years or whatever. But there's also like those human goals and those, you know, those time goals. And even as a mom myself, like my goals and priorities shifted a lot when I, when I had my son and time has become ever more precious. So if I was on a sales call with someone who was pitching a service to me, like that said, Hey, like, wouldn't you love to spend more hours with your son? I'd be like, Oh my gosh, yes. What do I have to pay you? (laughs) You know? Yeah. And, and that shows that they, they get you, they understand you, which is the very thing that they hopefully want to help you do with your customers and clients. It's the emotional connection. Like, Hey, I understand you. I get you. I understand the problem that you're having right now with this help. And you're like, yeah, like you said, I will pay whatever. Tell me. Yes. And so that's when, when the client has bought into their goal and they feel, and they believe that you understand the problem that's getting in their way of their goal. then you're going to be the person that they trust. That's how you build trust, right? You're like, oh my gosh, you understand where I want to go. And you understand the problem they're having and getting there. And you're going to help me. Like whatever, whatever service you have, I don't care. Just help me get there. Yeah. Like sold. Like let's sign up right now. Um, I think one of the things also that will hold 
designers back from diving into that that mindset of being a consultant. We've talked about this before in the podcast where it's like, hey, we are consultants. We are not just designers. You can go on Fiverr and get a logo, you know, whatever your feelings are about that. But like, you know, we like to position ourselves, especially as brand designers, it's a very intimate service. Like we advise our clients on things. And so like, do you have any advice or tips for our audience in really getting, wrapping your mind around the fact that you do know a lot and you already are sharing a lot of value with your clients? Because even like, I think sometimes like, wow, you know, I don't really have that like formal training. I don't really like, I don't really know a lot about like competitor analysis and like the data side and like focus groups and all the things that you think of when you think of like really high level brand strategy. How can someone start to shift their mindset and start to understand like, you know what? I actually already have the knowledge to be able to share that type of information with my clients. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love this question because I think every creative, every creative has this and it's curiosity. And I was just having a conversation with a couple of brand strategist designers a few weeks ago. One of them mentioned like, Hey, so I was talking to these two strategists. They have really high powered jobs. Just like people I respect to look up to. And I'm like, I don't do, you know, as good of work as them. Like, I want to know what the secret is. Like, tell me about, you know, tell me what it is. And they're like, honestly, and she was specifically asking about brand research. Cause she's like, I don't do that. Like, I don't, I don't know about this. Can you please let me know? And they're like, Oh, it's just curiosity led. That's all. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I thought you had all this knowledge and all that. And yeah. they're like, no, because you learn and expand, expand your knowledge by your curiosity. If we went in with our current knowledge as is, sure, we can be valuable. I'm sure there's a lot of things that we can help our clients with. But a lot of times it just makes us feel like an imposter. And we're like, well, we don't have enough. We don't... Because typically... And, and this is not a bad thing. We don't. We don't because every situation is different. Every problem throws you another curveball that you did not expect. And what do you need at that time? You need confidence in your creative problem-solving ability to attack that head-on. We don't need to go in a reserve of knowledge, which ends up being the curse of knowledge because we come in with a bunch of assumptions. We come up with Things that maybe have worked with another client, but not necessarily going to work with this one because it's a new problem. It's a new thing. But I hope that we as creatives are excited for that because hopefully we live off of solving problems. Hopefully we are excited by the new things that we get to solve. And we all have the ability to do that because we have curiosity, because we have critical skills and creative problem-solving abilities. Um, That's what I hope is what got us into this job in the first place, that we get to solve creative problems. And so if we, the more that we can get confident in that ability, the less we have to rely on knowledge and the more we can rely on our curiosity to gain more knowledge and make more connections and solve more problems. Yeah. I love that so much. One of the things that my business coach tells me is that like, when you think you can't do something like, oh, I couldn't do that because I, I haven't been educated on it. I haven't taken a course on it yet. Like what, what in your past have you done that's similar that's gotten you to the next level? You know, it's like when, even at the, the pit of my imposter syndrome, when I'm thinking how in the world is this person going to pay me this much money in order to achieve this goal that I am so terrified of, you know, that's, those are real thoughts that happen to everyone. Like I, I think back to Hey, I'm a business owner and I have a 
a successful, profitable business. Even that simple truth can be something that, you know, if you are experiencing, you know, listeners experiencing some sort of imposter syndrome or just like something holding you back from really like diving into that curiosity and sharing that value, you know, you have, it's like clients will come to us all the time and be like, Hey, you know, what's your favorite payment processor? And it's like, Oh, well, yeah, I like to use Stripe. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll use that. It's like, you're providing value just based off of the trial and error that you've already endured as a business owner. So there's value in that. So just think of it like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Brand Strategy Bootcamp. I would love to hear more about why you kind of got started in the education field for designers, you know, why brand strategy felt like the thing that you wanted to teach. Um, and you can tell us more about the course and what's in it too. Yeah. So originally, um, I, so I was on the future, uh, with Christo and that (laughs) the world could see my transition from designer to brand strategist. So when I first started talking with him, so in case you haven't seen it, um, any listeners, uh, he coached me for free in exchange for me letting him record the sessions and then being on YouTube. And so you'll see a lot of my like clueless questions of how do I run my creative business and um, what is brand strategy? I have no idea what you're talking about to the transition of actually selling it and actually putting the process into my, my design process and then doing brand strategy solo. So during that time, um, my journey was public, very public. And I thought, okay, how can I share even more with people who want to know and people who want to learn and follow my journey um, with those people? So I started an email newsletter, I think back in 2018. And I wrote weekly emails at that time. And I was just sharing, hey, this is what I'm doing to grow my business. Here's what I'm doing with brand strategy. Here's what I'm learning. And I started building an email list. And I was working with clients and then sharing with anyone who wanted to follow along the behind the scenes of here's what's going on. Here's what I'm learning. Here's what I totally bombed at and how I completely failed miserably. And this is what I learned from it. So I was gaining some traction there and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. It, And so I kept um, kept writing. I kept doing client work. And then it got to the point where a lot of those people were starting to ask me more and more questions about my process. And I was sharing it in emails. And then finally, I was like, I can teach this. I love to teach. I learn more by teaching. And so I then ended up um, launching a beta course of the bootcamp back in 2019, the end of 2019. And I got people writing me going, well, finally, we were waiting for this. <laughs> like, oh, thanks guys. <laughs> so That's I had people asking. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm glad that I had people. I had people on a wait list too. So I, I, would, um, I would do a wait list. I also had a mastermind going at the time of people that just wanted to grow their business together. And so I was running that for for a time. And, um, and so then that's where it was born. And cause people were just asking me questions and like, okay, I can do this. I want to teach this, ran the beta. It went really well. And then I refined it and ran a spring cohort in uh, 2020 that went really well. And, um, and so now we're still running it and the beauty of this, and it's grown into an amazing community that I didn't even expect that that would happen. And, I even take apprentices from my bootcamp now to come with me on client projects, which I don't take a ton of client projects anymore because now I can be choosy about them. Right. Um, but when I do, I, I bring one of my alumni, one of my students um, with me to the project because then they can help facilitate the workshop. They can help with the, the um, brand roadmap. And, um, and it's been super fun to grow this community and then actually work with 
with these people too. And then I'm learning how to up-level my own process by teaching them as well. So it's been, it's been really rewarding for both myself and my students. That's awesome. Your, your, your experience with the future, I'm going to have to go back and, and watch those, but like, it just sounds very similar to, I mean, obviously we're not like talking with Christo like all the time, but like, it sounds similar to what me and Giselle did when we started this podcast. We're like, you know what, we're just going to publicly grow our businesses and share all of our mistakes. And, you know, just in the hopes that maybe one person, we know now more than one person has benefited from this, but like, we're like, you know, let's just put it out there publicly and just be super transparent and see what happens. And so I love that that is how your course grew. Um, and right now, you know, our podcast is, it's, it's very much just, it's, it's a free community, you know, but like Giselle had a course that she was able to, you know, find some success with and everything. So it's, it's cool to see that, that journey. And also you did audience building first before you launched that offer and, you know, you're giving away free content and everything. So I guess if there's anyone out there who's interested in starting courses, I think a lot of designers are starting to think about education right now. Definitely go back everyone and, and watch, you know, the, the videos with, with the future and you can go back and follow Melinda's story online. And something I wanted to add to is I know um, there's some designers that don't like making content for other designers. And there's some designers who love making content for other designers. And the beauty of having a course for designers, as well as doing client work, is the collaboration opportunities too. So there's like so many, I've, I've learned so many, even opportunities that I didn't know existed, exist because of teaching other strategists. So it's just teaching other strategists your process. But then when you do you can learn together and then work on client work together. Like I have seen so many strategists, even within the boot camp, have teamed up on client work together. And so I think, especially if you're introvert and you're not used to creating connections, that you're like, oh, I'm not going to attract other designers. Like, why would I do that and create a course for them when I can just get client work? That's fine if you want to do just client work, but there's so many collaboration opportunities if you do serve the design community too. Like that one very large proposal that I got asked about, that was a friend that I went to college with. Like it was another designer and we were going to team up with another agency as well. And so having those connections, those industry connections are super important too, to not to, to get the clients as well. Like you, you don't have to turn your, your back to the design community because you want to just focus on clients. Like it's, if you're just serving people, you're going to get where you want to go. Like just focus on being of service, whether that's to designers, whether that's to clients and those opportunities will pop up. Yeah. I think having that kind of open servant minded mindset, it's sometimes it can be scary. Like, Oh, well, everyone's going to know my secrets. You know, like that was a, that was a mindset thing that I had to work through before we started the podcast. But like, it's like, honestly, is it really a secret? Like most of the time people are going through the exact same things. And, you know, we say like, oh, this podcast, we talk about stuff that people don't talk about on Instagram, you know, like that type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's super encouraging to hear your journey with that. And it's probably very fulfilling for you to know that like your knowledge and your past mistakes and all the things that you've learned with client, you know, selling and clients and all that, that's helping other people become more efficient with their businesses and charge more and do work that feels aligned for them. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to ask, like, do you have some favorite student success stories that you could share with our audience? Um, especially maybe for someone who might be interested in brand strategy, but really doesn't know how it can help grow their business or help benefit their clients. 
Yeah, I have a few. Um, so one was Angela. She was in the spring cohort last year and I actually have a chat with her on YouTube. Um, it's public if someone wanted to check it out on my channel. Um, she talks about previously she, she felt like a, a imposter and that's the majority of our students. Like they they've dabbled in brand strategy. They want to fill the holes in their process. They're not sure if they're doing it right. They totally feel like an imposter when they try to sell it or even thinking about selling it. And when they leave, this is a consistent pattern and something I saw in Angela too, is that they leave realizing, oh, I can, I can make it work for me and my client. Like it's, it doesn't have to be someone else's process. It can be mine. And they learn how to create their own. Something that Angela mentioned, um, she actually sold brand strategy for $5,000 sans design right after the boot camp. I think like a week after she took the boot camp. Wow. And, um, she said previously she was she realized she was selling with her ego. Like she she wanted to get it. <clears throat> she wanted to land the client because it's going to be good for her portfolio or it's going to be a really cool design project. And she said she had this mindset shift where it was about the client. And like we talked about earlier, it was about what does the client want? What's going to be a value to them? Where do they want to go? What obstacles in their way? And she said she led with curiosity then, even in her sales calls. And that's one of the big things that helped her land that $5,000 job. And I think in that one, she didn't even show her design portfolio. So a lot of us as designers, we rely on that portfolio. Like that thing has to be really good and we have to attract the right clients. But she let go of that. She even let go of the want to land a super good amazing design project that's going to look good in her portfolio. She let go of her portfolio to sit with a client, to see the client, to understand them, help them feel heard and listened to, understood, to empathize with them. And because of that, she landed that $5,000 job. And since then, I know she's she's totally blown past that. I think she's charged $10,000. She's now... Um, last time I talked with her, I think it was a whole package that she was charging $45,000, I think. with It was with some design too. Um, so that was massive. Um, so her story is amazing. So if anyone wanted to hear her talk about that, that's on my, my YouTube channel under my name, Melinda Livesey. Um, a couple other people, Ani, she, um, she originally came in the beta and she, I think within two months, she started charging $10,000 for strategy alone. So she used to offer design. And a lot of these people want to charge separately for that planning and thinking and research portion. So that was a, that was their goal. So she, even though she still offered design, she really wanted to sell that separately. She ended up selling it twice within two months of the beta, of taking the beta. And she made it her own process. So I think she ended up breaking it up into quarters to where she was doing strategy sessions with her client per quarter. And she she made it her own. And I think that that's a big thing. Um, like I mentioned that I've seen in many students of the ones that are feeling confident enough to pitch it, like they have, they haven't just listened to the information, like they feel it and they know it and they're absorbing it. And they're like, I get this and I can, I can make it my own. I can do it the way that feels good to me as well as my client and it's valuable to them. And those are the students that I'm seeing, like they're just having win after win. And, and two, I think that the last one I want to mention too, are like the people currently that are in the boot camp that are sharing even their failures. Like I, we're getting, we're getting people being vulnerable and sharing like, Hey, I just had this horrible sales call and this is what happened. <laughs> and this is what I wish I would have done differently. And here's what I'm learning. And I think that attitude of consistent learning and getting up and trying again, but then also sharing those learnings like you're doing with your podcast, 
sharing those learnings with a group of people that you can get support from, that you can share your those learnings with to know that they're not going to waste. Like it's not even just for you now to learn from, it's for other people to learn from and grow um, and feel inspired. Um, so those are those are some other ones that I just wanted to mention that I'm like super impressed with just their tenacity to keep growing and sharing even the things that maybe they're not that happy about, <laughs> like their failures yeah. or whatnot. No, I mean, I think like we, I mean, of course, this is not new information, but like we can learn more from our failures sometimes than our successes. And that's definitely for sure. And um, it's kind of fun to talk about like, hey, this didn't work out. And like, I wonder why. And so I was actually wondering, and it just kind of came to mind just now, if I could share an experience with you where I did pitch like more in-depth brand strategy than I ever had before. And it didn't work out, but like, I would just love to get your, your quick take if that's okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I had, um, it's actually a referral from my copywriter. Um, they were a company that had pitched on Shark Tank before. And that's one of my like internal goals is like brand a company that pitches on Shark Tank. That's like on my goals list. Um, they had done another product and they had released a new product that was in the same category, but it was a different brand. They were looking for brand identity and brand strategy. And so I like really just put my big girl pants on and got on that call with them and explained. I, I really like, I mean, I knew what I would do with them, which was different than what I would do with my typical branding clients. And I explained more about what the strategy deck would include. And I talked about, you know, doing more in-depth workshop. You know, I, I think I did it paired with a questionnaire. Um, Maybe in the future, I might ditch the questionnaire and only do a workshop. But um, I don't know. I feel like I, I had a great sales call with them and they, they definitely saw the value in it and everything. And we're talking pricing. I think I priced... I think I priced the strategy only. No, I think it was strategy and branding for like $8,000 or something. Mm-hmm. So I felt really good about that price. You know, I was like, you know what? This is my first time going into this. Like, that's a really big reach for me. I know they can afford it. They're a big company. Like, um, and... They they said after the call, like, wow, we love seeing how much value you could provide. And like, these are questions we haven't thought about before. And, you know, we're really excited to move forward. And then I think they were, you know, price shopping around and talking with other designers, which is totally normal and totally cool with me. Um, but they eventually decided that a member of their team had the design skills in order to do the brand. And they already had products printed and they didn't really want to change the logo very much. And I think they ended up going with like another brand strategist that might have been like a little, like a, a little bit cheaper or a little bit more cost effective for them. Um, but I don't know. I just obviously it's like, oh, well, you can never know what the client is thinking. But I wanted to see if you have ever had students probably say the same thing and like what what kind of advice you would give them. Cause that's a very real thing yeah. that happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um without there's some things that I can ask too, is that when you went into the sales call. What, what, um, if you were to say like the majority of the time, was it talking about your process? Was it, was it asking questions of the client? It was definitely more process heavy. Like, Hey, here's what the deliverable could look like. And so I almost know what you're going to say now. (laughs) Yeah. So, so something that I, um, tried out with my students is, and it was from the beta with the beta course, I actually taught them how to sell it last. And I'm like, wait a minute, if I'm trying to help people concentrate on the client, instead of their process, instead of the deliverable, what if I taught it to them first and we don't tell you about the process because you're not selling your process. 
And so, uh, so I have this sales process and I'll tell you about it right now um, that I teach as well, that um, you start off the, the framework that I use is a mix of Jonathan Stark. I don't know if you follow Jonathan Stark at all. No, I I've heard of his name though. Okay. I should, I should. Yeah. Yeah. So he talks about value-based pricing and how to sell and whatnot. And so if you look him up, probably on YouTube, you'll find out Jonathan Stark, why conversation. And he has three questions. He asks the client when they come to you for a request of a project, then you can ask them why this. So you're at, you're then asking them questions versus them constantly asking you questions. So, you know, we want to also interview our clients to see if it's a good mm-hmm. fit. Right. So you ask them why this, like, why, why this project? Like, why not keep what you have? Why not not do this at all? And so they're telling you a good reason why. Because what you're looking for, what he says, you're looking for is high risk, high value. I believe he says that. So you want something that they're like, no, we got to get this done now. So you ask them why this. The next question is why now? Why not wait six months? Why not wait a year? Is this really urgent to do right now? Like, are you going to be on Shark Tank? Or, you know, <laughs> is there a reason to get this done like right now? And the third question is why me? So if they're like, well, well, we have an in-house team. Well, I don't know. You seem like the cheapest one around. I don't know. You just like, if they don't have a really good reason for any of those things, then it's probably not high risk. It's probably not high value because you, it values in the eye of the beholder. So the value of what you're doing is in the client's eyes. And again, the goal there, where they want to be is valuable. What you have is just going to get them there. And so if you ask them these questions, then you can see, is this high risk? Is this high value? Does it make sense for you to be the one that works with them? Like, so turn the tables and interview the client to see if this really, it does make sense. And the only way that you can do that is by asking them questions similar to those. Other questions I like are, how are we going to measure success? So how do we know we're going to, like, we want to make sure to knock this out of the park. How we know when we get there? And that is a question I wish that I would, I asked when I was a designer because I never knew. And so I kept letting the scope creep and I kept adding more things and I kept jumping on brainstorming calls because I thought what I'm doing is not enough. It's not enough. The reason why? It's because I never defined what enough was. I never set, I never set the intention of what are we aiming at? How do we know when we got there? How will we definitely know and measure that we have achieved what we set out to do? What does that look like? And you let the client define that. And then they, then you just repeat back what you heard. And it's interesting what happens when clients feel heard and understood, the trust keeps growing and growing and growing. And what did you do? You even talked about your process once. Yeah, you might talk about it at the end, right? But the, the majority of the time you're interviewing the client, you're finding out if it's high risk, high value. You're finding out how you're going to measure success because you want to make sure that you get them there. That is your main focus is I want to provide the most value to them. And the most value to them is helping them get to their goal. How can I do that? And then you ask certain questions to help them. The other questions, which I think um, Sandy like was close to what Giselle um, had asked is if they don't come with a specific project request, if they come with more like, Hey, I want to, I had a client ask, I want to build brand equity. Like I want people to follow what we're doing and like be excited about it. Well, that's, that's building that brand, right? Then I ask them more of a vision question. So the other question that I like asking um, is from the book, from Blair N's book, Pricing Creativity. It's also value-based pricing. He mentions a Dan Sullivan question. It's called the three-year question about 
having the client imagine where they're at in three years and you ask them like, imagine it's three years from now and we're sitting down together and you were so happy about what has happened both professionally and personally. What has made you so happy? What has happened to make you so happy? And you get them in that future state and then they start describing all those things. So you're more selling them on their goal than you are your own process. And and just using that type of mindset of like, no, the majority of the call is going to be me asking them certain questions and maybe a little bit of my process, but that's not what we're selling. We're selling them on the fact that you understand where they're going and their problem that they're facing and that what you have is going to help them get there. And one last thing I'll add is if you're able to articulate the customer's problem, your client's problem better than they can themselves, they will assume you have the solution. You don't even have to sell the solution at that point. Now you might need to talk about it a little bit, but for the most part, you're focusing the conversation on something completely different than your process. Yeah. It definitely sounds like in that call with that client, like I... I really positioned the value as the commodity instead of the goal. And I'm sure when they were talking to other designers, maybe they were doing value-based pricing, maybe they were doing, maybe they were also focusing on the deliverable and their pricing was just lower. So if they're thinking they're comparing deliverables, it's like, why don't we just go with the one that's cheaper? You know? So I bet you that's probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable enough to to ask that question. I really appreciate that. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention too, is like what you said, like they, they might've just been looking at deliverables, which makes sense. Like if they don't know to take their eyes off that and look at anything else, that's what they're going to be judging it on. I mean, that's another question you can even ask the clients. Like, how will you make your decision? What is going to be the thing that makes the decision for you of who you're going to choose? They might say price. They might say, who knows what they're going to say? And there's a thousand different reasons, but that's another question that you can ask. Like, how will you make the decision? What do you feel comfortable investing? What makes sense for you given your goal? What makes sense to invest in this project for you? If I came in around that price, is that something that you would consider? And talking about price on the call with them and getting them to be like, yeah, if you came in with that range, we would consider it. So then you're not just throwing out a number and hoping that they're going to go with it. You're actually going to get more buy-in on the call with them. Oh my goodness. This is just so chock full of value. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. And um, I think when I made this switch from fixed to value-based pricing, that was like about six months ago to a year ago, my whole business changed. And I, I am familiar with some of those questions, like why me, why now? But like, I think in the context of selling brand strategy, like that's the answer to that really popular question. Like, how do I even convince the clients? Like, I think you might have posted on Instagram recently, like, you don't need to convince anyone of anything. Like, and that's actually where you get pushback. Exactly. (laughs) To to buy in first. (laughs) Exactly. And then if I can, I do want to go back really quick because you you mentioned Shark Tank. So I have two students who are now coaches in the boot camp. They're originally beta students, so back a year and a half ago. They have come on as as coaches and they teamed up on a project last year for a client who got on Dragon's Den, so the UK version of Shark Tank, and they won investment. And it was amazing to see because they actually made the process their own too. So they learned my process. They got this client. They went above and beyond even the process that I taught. And they taught more... Or sorry, they used more of a storytelling 
in their, their brand roadmap. And so mine's more like there's matrices and um, a lot of data and whatnot. And they went more storytelling and then their client, and it was an amazing project and their client won investment. And then this past year, they ended up teaching my audience. They ran a course through my audience on how to do the process like they did because they even took my process and they, they're like, okay, we got this. And then they made it even better. And I'm like, I even want to learn from that. Like, so, so it was, that's a huge success story. Um, and just seeing like, not only did they take the process, make it their own, they teamed up and then their client actually got results out of it. And now they're giving back to the community and teaching how they, how other people can do it too. So that one, I am so proud of them. And I feel really lucky that I get to work with them in the boot camp too. I just love your perspective to coaching. I, I love that you have such an open mind about like, hey, here's my process, but like take it and make it work for your business. And that's like, I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there right now. I feel like that's, it's very unique. And it's something that I really admire about you, you know, even just having this conversation with you. Like I feel, I just, I love that. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, thanks for sharing that story too about, you know, I didn't even know Dragon's Den was a thing. I'll have to go look that up because I have a huge Shark Tank, yeah. uh, shark, shark tank fan. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. I think it would be amazing too see my brand up there. And I always comment on their brands too. And I'm watching like, Ooh, they could, they could use a brand designer. Yeah. Yeah, You're like, Oh, if only, if only you worked on the brand beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, But I think some of that strategy work too. I mean, even still talking about Shark Tank, like that can lead into their pitch too. Like that, there's so much value in that. I mean, that's like a logo doesn't get Mark Cuban to invest in you, you know, like, but your story will and brand strategy leads into that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And facilitating a conversation with your client about why they started their business can help them see those stories. Like sometimes we, we don't know what's always important in our own story, but when we have someone asking those questions, reflecting back what they hear and they go, or they're asking deeper questions like, well, that's really interesting. And the client goes, I never like, I didn't even know that would be something that would be interesting to someone. And I've heard this from multiple people because I have my students team up and do strategy for each other. So on each other's business, because if you can do strategy for another strategist, you can do anything. So yeah. they'll do it for each other. And I had one of my students say, you know what? I've never felt that heard and understood and listened to in my entire life. And he's like, there was something healing about it. He's like, have someone ask you questions about something that you are passionate about and they believe in you and they help you believe in you and what you're trying to do. He's like, I know I can do this, but having that extra person there for me, he's like, it was life-changing. And I've heard that from other people. So like us being with our clients and having those conversations, it helps still that confidence for themselves, like to believe in what they're doing, to know that they're making a difference, to be like, oh, so so this is something the world needs. Like that don't underestimate your ability to hear and understand and help someone, help someone feel heard and understood. Cause that's gonna, that might be the extra push that they need to keep going or to really own what makes them different. Like a lot of clients, at least like designers, I've heard and I've been there where I'm like, gosh, if you just embrace this about you, you'd be amazing. If you just had the guts to take hold of what makes you unique, you would be so amazing. You wouldn't even need to compete with people because you could just be you. But a lot of clients don't have that confidence. But I think 
even as simple as having those conversations and helping them feel heard and helping them see what makes them unique, they start to believe in it. And maybe they will own those things. Maybe they will have the courage then to step out and do those things that we know they have the potential to do. I love that. I know I say I love that about everything you're saying, but like I really, that really resonates with me because that's another thing that you don't have to go to school for. Like if you're a designer out there and you're thinking, like, man, like I don't have a design degree, you know, hey, I don't have a design degree either. I have a journalism degree, you know, like there are a lot of, I think most people who are independent like are, are like that, but you don't have to study anything or know data or know those like little nitty gritty things in order to be a cheerleader for the people that you're are in your network, whether they're other designers or their clients. And even if you don't make the sale and they reject the proposal or they go with someone else, I think it's a really great takeaway to remember that like you can approach the situation just wanting to be of service and wanting to encourage another business owner in the way that other people have encouraged you. So exactly, exactly. Our number one goal when we talk to a client, let's say in a sales call or whatnot, is to be of value to them, be of service, just like you said, whether or not that's them going with us. If that means we refer somebody else that would be a better fit, that is still giving value. If it's helping them think and make a decision in the moment, that's giving them value. They're not going to forget that even if they don't end up going with you, that they're going to remember that they're going to refer you. They're going to know exactly who you are and what you're for and what, how you'll help. If you just help them get to where they're going, even if that means not hiring you, that's okay. That's a hard place to get to. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, like it's like setting your ego aside and thinking like, okay, maybe what's best for this client is that they get a template from Etsy and not work with a brand mm-hmm. designer. Like maybe that's what they need right now to move the needle forward in their business a little bit. Maybe what they need is they need to go and work with an agency and pay them like hundreds of thousands of dollars to do a fully custom, you know, e-commerce website. I've been in situations like that where I have conversations with clients and I'm like, "Hey, I'm just going to be honest and transparent right now. You need to work with someone who knows how to code in Liquid." And that's not me. Let me refer you to some people and some other agencies that might be a better fit for you. But if you ever have any branding needs or you want to do a day rate with me, like let's chat, you know? And so I think, I mean, I'm not saying that it's easy for me to set that aside and and turn a project away, quote unquote, but like, you're right. People remember that. People remember how you carry yourself, how you run your business, how you talk about things, you know? So um, there's there's value in that. And that's another thing you don't have to go to school for. So (laughs) theme for this episode, like you have all the tools that you need. You just need the confidence and... You know, you need to take Melinda's course. <laughs> but yeah, so let's let's wrap this up. Do you want to? Um, we'll we'll do our inbox question um, in a second. But do you want to let our audience members know about like you know, hey, I want to learn more about the boot camp. Like, how would they go about you know learning more or signing up? Yeah, they can learn about the boot camp if they go to marksmaker.com and there's a there's an apply button up at the upper right hand corner. If you click that, you can learn all about the boot camp. I also offer a free brand strategy 101 email course. So if you're just dipping your toe in the brand strategy water, want to know about it, um, I do have a, that free course. It's like a five day, I believe, uh, course on that. And then if they just wanted to really dip their toe in the water of the boot camp, I do sell the sales module separately as just a way to like. If you just want to see what it's about, see my teaching style, um, then you can take that course too. 
Awesome. Okay, cool. Let's wrap everything up with our inbox question. This is strategy related, which is great. So Monica Choi asked, how do you help or should you help your clients find the answers to brand strategy questions? For example, what does your ideal customer value? A question like this may come up in a brand discovery session, but is it expected that clients know the answer to that specific question already? I haven't talked about this a little bit, but... Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing question. And, um, it opens the door to talk about facilitation more. So the, again, going back to what I said earlier about thinking and making decisions, like you can help your client think and make decisions where they might come into the strategy session. The whole point of a strategy session too, is to think and make decisions and to uncover things and to brainstorm. And really for you as a strategist and a facilitator to like dig up, like you're excavating, like you're just digging up all the information that you possibly can and then you're making those connections. So it's like you can be creative in the moment, which is so fun. And so let's say the client doesn't necessarily know exactly um, who they're targeting. It helps if they know, if the client comes in knowing what do they have, like who who are they serving and how are they serving them? Is it through a product? Is it through a service? Have they validated this? Um, so I love working with clients who have validated their product or service. So they know something about their ideal client. Um, Beyond that though, yes, you help them think and make decisions in the sessions. So you're asking them a lot of questions. You might be making connections that they never have seen before. And that's totally fine. So I don't expect that my clients know all the answers because it's we're not a glorified note taker. We're not just asking questions and marking down the answers. We are digging. We are asking more questions. We are asking things that spark our curiosity. We're going down those rabbit holes and asking more questions because we're trying to find those golden nuggets, as I like to call them, things that insights that we we didn't previously know about the ideal client um, or about their story or whatnot. So, um, so yeah, they don't need to know all the things. But for me, I love to have clients who have validated their product or service. They know who they're serving and what in what way they are serving them. Um, that is is really helpful. And then I will get more information from them in the sessions. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that answer. Yeah. I think my, my take on this is that like, I, I, I completely agree with what you said. Like someone needs to come in knowing what they're selling at the very least, you know, and when they don't, that's a different type of service of, you know, helping someone. I mean, I don't even know, you probably know there's a name for it. Like product development probably is what yeah. that would be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, as long as they know that, and they have a general idea of like who they're serving. I mean, like my brand strategy process is just very much smaller and I'm very interested in getting more into like the more in-depth strategy, especially wanting to work with someone who might pitch on Shark Tank one day. Um, those, the answers to the, the additional questions, like what is your ideal customer value? The client might know that deep down, but like you said, it's you facilitating and pulling that answer out of them. That's something I studied in journalism school, actually. The why questions like, Hey, what do you feel about your team winning? Oh, I, I feel great. Why? Why is your team winning important to you? You know, like just that type of thing. So um, as long as they have those foundational stuff, yeah, completely agree with what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Like we are just so grateful that you um, spent some of your time with us today and um, super excited for our listeners to glean some amazing knowledge from you and start following you and learn more about your courses. So thank you. This was a wonderful conversation. 
We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.